0: Hello and welcome to our podcast, Shut the Fuck Up, We Are Not Done Talking Yet, with Sharla Gabert and
1: Danielle Warriman. I'm Sharla. And I'm Danielle. In our podcast, we discuss current events, popular culture, writing, books, movies, and women's lives. We are smart, funny, and occasionally profane. We hope
0: you enjoy our podcast and thanks for listening. So Danielle. Hey Charlotte. How you doing? I'm great. How are you today? Good. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm glad you made it over to my dining room. We're today, in your dining room. Yeah, we're in the
1: dining room now. Super professional after our last 11 minute recording was done outside at 1101 California Boulevard in Walnut Creek. Yeah, we're going to, we
0: kind of miss Phil, so because there aren't going to be any fire engines going by as far as we
1: know. Plus, a friend might go by and I just say, oh, hi to that person (laughs) and got us way off topic. We're back on topic. We're
0: back on topic. Well, one of our topics, of course, is always Phil's Coffee. But, you know, we love Phil's Coffee. Love it. Yeah. And we do like to meet there after Danielle's Nia class on Thursday. Every Thursday. Yeah. So, okay. So we thought we'd try to be a little bit more organized now. And so since this is our first real podcast, we decided we need a name for it. And so we have come up with shut the fuck up. We're not done talking yet. Yeah. It's so good. We love it. Now, some people might be a little put off by that and those people shouldn't listen to this podcast.
1: Right. Hey Charlie, can I mention the other names that we were Let's we, do? That were what do you call it? Working titles. Yeah. One of them is beti- Between Two Women, Talking Women's Lives, Women Who Won't Shut Up. I am not done talking yet. Uh, We are still talking. We're just getting started. Don't get me started. We're We're just getting started. So that was, yeah. But we really like Shut the Fuck Up.
0: Yeah, you know, there's kind of a theme here, right? Like, there's a theme of silencing, that women are silenced all the time. And I think that's why we love this title, Shut the Fuck Up. We are saying to people who are always interrupting us, Or trying to shut us down or shut us up. Stop it. We're tired of it. We don't want to be silenced anymore. And one of the reasons we don't want to be silenced is because we have found out being silenced makes you depressed.
1: Right. If we don't tell our story, if we repress our memories and keep it inside, it's extremely bad for our health.
0: That's right. It leads to... Well, especially when we're silencing ourselves and we're suppressing anger. Because there's a theory that suppressed anger is actually leads to depression. Or that's what depression is. That's a good definition of it. It is. When you turn it, your anger in upon yourself instead of out. So that is part of maybe why we like this title. We're not done talking yet. And we have a lot to say.
1: Hours and, hours and hours and hours of stuff to say.
0: Plus, we like to talk to each other, and we amuse each other greatly. So um, that was another reason I think we decided we should do this podcast. Yeah. Why keep ourselves to ourselves? You know, yeah, let our light shine, blah, blah, blah. We, we want everybody to hear this, and um, we hope everybody enjoys listening to us. So, okay, so today we decided we're going to talk a little bit about women and anger and silencing and a book that we have both just recently read is called I am yours it is a memoir by Rima Zaman 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 I'm gonna say Zaman Zaman Um, it is a really cool book it is a first person account of her growing up as a girl and then a woman She has written it as, I think she calls it a group memoir, where she's speaking for other women, all women. It's her unique story, but it resonates with all women, I think.
1: Yeah, and um, this is a story about a, a girl in Bangladesh and a Muslim family. Right, And in the traditional family of where she's from, the mother is very much um, beholden to the father and takes a bunch of crap and kind of had three kids. She didn't really want the third kid and didn't have a lot of freedom to move around in her relationship and around um, as a professional. So uh, uh, Rima's really speaking to... Mm -hmm a whole society and mm-hmm. how, how that is just not working. Um, and then she eventually comes to the West to go to university and um, has a lot of epiphanies mm-hmm. and some her, tr- and she also has trauma uh, that she's able to discuss and bring up and um, come into healing by writing this book and publishing it and telling her story.
0: I find her story really interesting for a lot of reasons. One of them is that she is a very beautiful woman And she kind of explains, I guess you would say, like, the downside of being really pretty. Um, It almost seems like, in some ways, being super pretty isolates her from people. Um, There's an assumption that she can't be both pretty and smart. One of her boyfriends says something to her like, I just can't believe I'm having this conversation with somebody so pretty. It's like he can't actually accept that somebody that smart could be that pretty or vice versa, that somebody that beautiful could be maybe his intellectual equal. And she has such an interesting career. She does modeling, she does acting, she writes songs, she writes in her journal. She's constantly writing. And she's a very thoughtful person. She's very educated. Um, and it seems like the men that she encounters, they just, they're really attracted by her. And then they want to conquer her and win her over. And then once they do, they want to try to diminish her like her husband the man she marries wants to make her stop wearing clothes that are form fitting and colorful he buys her a lot of like gray tent dresses when they go to parties on the way home he chastises her for being too much as if you know she's tried to be too funny or she's made too many comments he keeps telling her to just you know tone it down and it's clear that he, after he's won her, he really he wants to change her,
1: yeah, he wants to change her, and it's very very um what do you call it it's she's so bogged down by this relationship where she can't be herself, so she's trying to be herself, and he just keeps shooting her down and not like giving her the cold shoulder won't sleep won't talk to her in bed
0: exactly.
1: Um, makes her live in this hovel of freezingness, like they're living in a barn that he's remodeling and won't even get it together to finish it. Um, it's abusive. It was abusive yep. and and pretty nuts. Oh, they also lived on a boat in they, winter? They, they lived did. on a sailboat in New Jersey in winter? Yes. That's not intelligent.
0: They never actually lived in a normal apartment. He had an apartment in yeah. New York, but they lived on a boat and in a barn. Yeah. It, everything was very, like, tentative and makeshift. Like, they were, it was like indoor camping.
1: Indoor camping.
0: Basically. And it was his dream. And she really went along with it for a really long time. Right.
1: And then to your point, you were talking about how she noticed that her her beauty really just brought attention to herself, but it wasn't a good attention. Yes, she could go to a... An audition and maybe get a part in a play or a commercial or um, something, movie, TV Mm -hmm. show. But it, what she did was walk around New York City and feel this terrible vibe of Mm -hmm. men staring at her and undressing her, and um, made her really uncomfortable. Then, in order to cope with that, she had a horrendous eating disorder. (gasps) That's right. right? right. So she was barely eating. Got up at five whatever very early in the morning went running before she did any of her other crazy activities she could barely get by so she was a nanny for several families so as well as being a full-time person doing many other things she had to be a nanny and then go home to the creepy husband at night
0: and she was like living on like a banana and coffee i mean living of really and writing down everything she ate that kind of i mean she says she was anorexic
1: yeah she barely threw i don't remember if she had bulimia but she was barely eating yeah. yeah.
0: And that was really kind of horrific. I mean, I personally have never had an eating disorder unless you call overeating an eating disorder. <laughs> I've never really understood what it's like to starve yourself, um, or, you know, or to make yourself throw up because you're trying to be thin. I've never had that experience, it always seemed really alien to me. But I think her book actually made it seem, sort of rational in a weird way. I mean, it's it's a crazy thing to do. It's a
1: control thing. So she was so out of control and of having this like not good childhood or being a battle with her father, then being sexually predated at. High school yes. level where some yes. creepy teacher would say terrible things to her. It was very, very frightening. And then she was raped in her early 20s in New York City. So the yes. response to that is control. Okay, if I only eat a mm-hmm. banana and a cup of coffee and mm-hmm. an avocado at noon, then I have control over my life. Yes. That's part of it.
0: Yes. Well, that makes total sense. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, you you don't get your period. You sort of become desexualized.
1: Yeah. You're like a girl instead like of a woman. A
0: yeah. Yeah and so it sounds like yeah it's a very protective um yeah but on behavior. the
1: other on the on the flip side of that i have been a person who um was very overweight several times in my life so i ate as much as i could on purpose mm-hmm. so that i would be unattractive and untouchable so there's another there's another side to that so both mm-hmm. when i so between the ages of 19 and 23 or 24 i had horrendous depressions and ate as much as possible and could g- I could gain 50 pounds in less than two months wow yeah well wow. did you feel like you were doing that because you didn't want sexual attention or I did not want sexual attention I hated myself so I wanted to be as unattractive as possible and the food filled a hole of mm-hmm. everything else that was wrong but it really didn't fill it. I ate it and then I would just be gaining weight, but then I would go eat more eat more. Yeah, yeah. it's like
0: the bottomless pit. It
1: was it- a bottomless pit. I couldn't I couldn't satisfy anything, but the I think the main thing was to not be attractive.
0: Mm-hmm. This is sort of like um Roxanne Gay, right? I mean, yes. She describes eating a lot to to make herself bigger and less attractive. Yeah. Roxanne Gay was gang
1: raped at age 12, if I'm not mistaken. I just yeah. read her book too. And she explains very, very well why her that pathology. She, she is still 270 pounds, but she was 540. I know, that's hard to believe. Yeah. That's just
0: so, so excessively
1: Yeah, and until, obese. I don't think she had therapy of any kind until she wrote this book. Her mm-hmm. parents did not know that uh-huh. she was raped at age 12. So what a horrendous burden to keep on herself. Right. So that's, I mean, these women are really brave coming forward, which reminds me of a side topic. Mm-hmm. Why in God's name would any of those women come forward and name their perpetrators, i.e. Donald Trump, I, uh, whoever, whatever Great. random douchebag is sexually assaulting women if it didn't happen? Because why would they put themselves through that? Exactly. There's
0: there's never been a good explanation for that. No. Why, there's no why would a woman quote cry rape. There's nothing positive that will ever it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why exactly? And in in general, r- women don't report it. They, they don't bury it. They don't tell their closest friends. Um, they might not tell anyone. Right. For decades. Right. And it becomes this burden. I mean, I think, I don't think Rima told anybody about getting raped by this he was a colleague he was an acting yeah. colleague it was somebody she knew you know a friend someone she considered a friend somebody she thought it was safe to have him in her
1: apartment yeah um i don't think she told anyone until she, she wrote, she wrote the book she and she then her him. her mother and father etc probably read about it i don't remember recall her having some kind of counseling
0: i think sometimes um i mean i have never been raped but i feel like When things happen to you that are out of your control, or somebody's taken advantage of you, sometimes you don't want to tell anybody about it because it is just too painful. Um, Like when I was a kid, I mean, I was maybe in third grade, I was on the playground in the summer, practicing tetherball, and these two big mean boys from like fifth grade attacked me, knocked me down, tried to pull my pants down, my shorts, and I kind of beat them off with my tether ball. And I went home, and I was all scraped up, and my pants, my shorts were torn, and my mom was like, what happened? And I didn't tell her. And I mean, that wasn't even getting raped. That was just like, right. I was attacked for being a girl in a public space, and
1: you I felt was, shame.
0: I was so ashamed. Yep.
1: That's so wrong. And
0: I think I was sort of horrified. It was like I just didn't want to admit it had happened by telling anyone, right? It was more like if I just don't talk about it and I don't think about it. um, It's like I didn't want to acknowledge how vulnerable I had been and how vulnerable I was. I didn't want to have that into my consciousness. And so I didn't tell my mother about it. And I think also I thought my mother would probably... Tell me, well, you can't go over to the playground by yourself anymore and practice tetherball. It's like, I feel like that would have been her likely response, would have been to say, well, you have to take precautions and you have to be safe by limiting where you go. And this always drives me crazy. It's always like it's women's fault. Like, don't wear short skirts, don't wear clinging clothes, you know, don't be out at night by yourself, don't be anywhere in the dark after 10 o'clock. It's like women always are the ones who're responsible for curbing men's um sexual desires. It's like we don't seem to say that to men like please stop raping people. No, it's like women please stop making yourself rapable
1: somehow. I know. It is it is ludicrous. It came up so many times in um the last couple of years with the Me Too movement and especially um in the um Kavanaugh hearings. I we were all horrified that was so appalling appalling then the senators are you know questioning her as if this woman would make this up right. but then our old boy club oh yeah well you know Brett Kavanaugh yeah he's just being a guy yeah, yes. and there's a little counter where they chug beer yeah barf you know yeah, yeah. so no, there you think, go. It's I societal think, and it's horrendous.
0: I think that also there's this like idea of like, well, she wasn't actually raped, so it's okay. She wasn't actually really hurt. That is such bullshit. She thought she was going to be asphyxiated because it, he, he was choking hand. her. He was choking her and there was another boy present and the door was locked. And I mean, the level of terror that she experienced um, is not something that you can just dismiss. Because she wasn't ultimately raped. That somehow she did get out of there and got yeah. away. The idea that it's like, oh, it's okay, because there's no penetration occurred, is, a, is kind Horse of... Horse it's, shit. It's just male point of view. It's yeah. like from a male point of view, um, you know, well, you can just do anything except actually rape them. And then it's okay. It's okay. Because it wasn't really rape. And it's, you know, it's all on a spectrum. But it's just maddening, you know, as a woman to have this attitude and also just the idea that people are not believed, that women are never believed.
1: Mm, rarely. Oh, it's like... They have, to, they have to show up at a, um, a police station when it was very recent, go to a doctor and have tested. So then they say, oh, there's actually proof of this crime because there's sperm, semen in the right? woman. And so, okay, what if she was too afraid and then she comes forward later like, oh yeah, it didn't happen.
0: Yeah. Somehow it's like, her word against his, if yes. the only kind of assault, then that would be the yeah. case. I mean, if you came to the police station and said, somebody knocked me down the street and stole my wallet, they would immediately ask for a description and then they'd jump in their car and go try to find this person. Yeah. But if it's a sexual crime, it's a whole different category because it is actually possible to have consensual sex.
1: And then say, and- right, and then say, oh, this guy, you know, right, I know, it's terrifying. I know.
0: Well, Deep breath. Deep breath. We got onto the topic of rape, Um, but it it was a crucial part of of her book. One of her one event that happened to her. Um, Yeah. And I, you know, I think for her it was also it was very. um, I think it was really it was so unexpected and she had she had taken like self defense classes yeah and had been really into this concept and you know she describes he was so much bigger he was on top of her um that she just realized you know she puts in her book this was happening kind of like it just was so shocking um that it was happening maybe because of the circumstances someone she knew um yeah. who date could, rape he would literally not take no for an answer date rape, yeah, yeah, it happens, yeah, yeah, um
1: and she know. and the the chances of if she had come forward and tried to, to have some kind of allegation against this man, it, probably nothing would have happened, I think so nothing she just happened
0: it's because because you know it's like stranger rape is more accepted as a real crime, like oh, somebody jumped out of the bushes and they broke into your house and raped you. But if it's someone you know, um, or someone you've even ever had a sexual relationship before, it's like, then it would be impossible to
1: prosecute them for rape. It's like the way that you would
0: just say you can't be, um, a husband couldn't be prosecuted for rape because
1: Donald Trump. Hi, listeners. I just wanted to let you know that this was our very first podcast recording, and we were not too up with the technology and found out that the software we use actually has editing. So I wanted to edit it today, and I was adding this little piece to explain why it stops with the word Donald Trump.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode.
1: You can get more information about it on facebook.com backslash Sharla Danielle podcast.